This message was presented at the DYC 2013 conference, Before Man and Angels, in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.dycweb.org. First, uh, if we can begin with a word of prayer, and then we'll go right into, <laughs> we'll go right into uh, our, our message for today. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to be alive today, God. Not only are we alive, Lord, but we are alive at what I believe to be the greatest time in Earth's history, Lord. We have the privilege of living in the toenails of time, God, the opportunity to be able to see Jesus to come through those clouds. And I pray, Lord, that this presentation, this time that we spend together, will help us to be ready for that moment. Be with us, Lord, as we open up your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, just want to, how many of you guys, this is your very first, very first presentation here at the Great Controversy and the Neophyte? Very first time. Okay. All right. Uh, that helps me because I'm going to just do a brief overview of some of the things that we've already talked about, and then we will continue on in what we call our fifth scene, scene number five. Uh, so, just wanted to run through a uh, very quick, uh, quick review. We've been talking about, and you'll see this, we've been talking about Matthew chapter 13, the parable of the tares. And we've used that parable to help unfold uh, the, the, the perspective of the great controversy uh, based on that particular parable. And so as we continue to go, you'll see how this, how this unfolds. So we talked about the sower in the parable and the goodness of the sower. We talked about the, the, the lawlessness of his enemy. Uh, we talked about the role of, of the Messiah, of the promised Messiah to come and his role in the great controversy. And we talked on yesterday about how the enemy uses doubt in order to get us to disbelieve or in order to keep us from having a uh, a strong, solid faith in the one who created. Uh, and, and we see the creator as the sower, all right? This will become clearer as we read this particular passage. Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 through 30. You can either look at your Bible or read on the screen with me uh, while I'll read and you'll hear. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. We have a problem. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Verse 28, he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Verse number 30, let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my born. Who says amen to the word of God? So now we've looking at this parable. We've been looking at this parable and we, 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 we've, we've identified that you have a sower and the sower represents who? Jesus Christ. The sower represents the son of man, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that he sowed good seed and the good seed represents what? 
Somebody said it represents God's people, uh, but, but we become God's people by believing in the word of God. Amen. All right. So you have good you have good seed and, 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 and good seed is sown into his field. And where is his field? The world. The field is the world. All right. And so we looked at this now because we're looking at it from the great controversy perspective. We're looking at it and we're seeing we're, we're seeing that, OK, the soil represents Jesus Christ. The soil represents God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as creator. Right. And his field is much broader than just our world, but it's the entire universe. So God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit created uh, or sold good seed. They created good things in this vast universe. But, but unfortunately, uh, there's an enemy who came on the scene and he sold bad seed. And as a result, we have bad things happening. As a result, we have tares in the universe. All right. So so we're looking at this parable and we're using this parable as a hermeneutic to better understand the great controversy theme. All right. So now that that was uh, just a brief overview. And today we're going to look at scene number five and we're going to deal with uh, this particular verse, Matthew 13, uh, verse 28 and 29. OK, Matthew 13, verse 28 and 29. So we see. The response of Jesus, the sower, when they ask the question about why are there tares? OK, and he said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? Shouldn't we just go and uproot the tares? That makes logical sense. Isn't that right? OK, but he says, but he said to them, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Now, question. What does the response of the servants reveal about the servants? What does their suggestion reveal? One more time. They care. Oh, that's a good one. They care about the master. Right. What else? What else does it reveal? They want to solve the problem. That's right. They want to solve the problem. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else it reveals? You could talk to me, by the way. I know the morning time is a kind of difficult to be, you know, I've been up since 3.30 this morning, so I'm always. All right. All right. So, 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 so what'd you say? They think they can solve the problem. OK, now watch this. What, what we're going to look at, what we're going to look at today, what we're going to spend our time looking at today is we're going to look at uh, the implications about the servants and the sower just based on these two verses. All right. We're going to look at the implications of the servant and the sower based on these two, uh, uh, these two verses. All right. So now I ask you the question, what does this text reveal about the servants? Uh, it reveals that they care about the master. They care about the master's field. They want to solve the problem, right? In other words, it shows that they are some zealous servants, right? They are zealous. Now, reading, reading Christ's object lessons uh, in chapter four about the tares. Look, I wouldn't encourage you to read that chapter. Powerful. 
Powerful. I would encourage you to read that chapter. Listen to what she says. Watch this. She says, Christ's servants are grieved as they see true and false believers mingled in the church. They long to do something to cleanse the church. Like the servants of the householder, they are ready to uproot the tares. They, 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 they have a problem. They have a problem with the issues that are taking place in the church. They're zealous. They show support for their master. They want to solve the problems, right? Shouldn't we be zealous for the Lord? Absolutely. Right. Shouldn't we have a deep concern, not just about the issues that are going on in the church, but the issues that are happening in the world? People going to a Christless grave. Shouldn't we be zealous about that? Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. It's also possible to be overzealous servants. What do I mean? Same book, same chapter. Notwithstanding Christ's warnings, men have sought to uproot the tares to punish those who were supposed to be evildoers. The church has had recourse to the civil power. Let me, let me, let me, let me I, I think, I think we're going to bring it home with this one right here. Watch this, watch this. Christ has plainly taught that those who persist in open sin must be what? Separated. I got one person here. I'm going to talk to you the rest of the time. All right. Y'all with me. I need you to talk with me, okay? All right. We, we, we get into the word. I need you to be excited. You, you, just, just read with me, okay? Can you do that? Can, say, can you say amen? Hallelujah. You sound good already. All right. So Christ has plainly taught that those who persist in open sin must be what? From the church. But he has not committed. Listen carefully. He has not committed to us the work of judging character and motive. He knows our nature. The Bible says he knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. He knows our nature too well to entrust this work to us. Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks, he looks all up in here. Only he can see that, right? Should we try to uproot from the church, Lord have mercy, those whom we suppose to be spurious Christians, we should be sure to make mistakes. Often we regard as hopeless subjects the very ones whom Christ is drawing to himself. In other words, get out of the way. Unfortunately, there are many Seventh-day Adventist young people right now who are not in the church because some elder or some deacon or some deaconess thought that it was their responsibility to judge someone's character and their motive. And as a result, that young person no longer wants anything to do with the Seventh-day Adventist church. I know, I, I, I know some. Christ has not given us, he's not given us the work, the work of judging people's motives or judging people's character. Yes, we ought to be zealous about, about the purity of Christ's church. Yes, we ought to be zealous about helping people resolve issues in their lives. But at the end of the day, the only person who can judge somebody's heart, the only person who can judge somebody's character and motive is Jesus Christ. Who says amen? It's not our work. It's not up to us. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Now, what does this particular passage re reveal about the sower? What does this particular passage reveal about the sower? 
Remember the passage, the, 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 uh, the servant said, the servant said, hey, uh, should we just go ahead on and uproot the tares? I mean, they're going to mess with the wheat and it's going to be, you know, it's going to spoil the wheat. And he says, he says what? He says, no, 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 no. He says, no, because if you do that, you might uproot the wheat as well. Okay, so now what, do, what, does, what does that reveal about the character of the sower? Remember, we're talking about God, great controversy, Jesus Christ, right? What does that reveal about God? Okay. Okay. He's patient with us. Uh, what, what, what else does it reveal? He's not trying to cut anybody off. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. He's compassionate. Absolutely. He's compassionate. Anybody else? Anything, anything st stands out to you? Yes, sir. That not one of his believers should be lost. That the servants will know at the end what are wheat and what are tares. Yes, my sister. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Let's keep going. I want to share with you three things. All right. I want to share with you three things, three things that that particular passage reveals about the sower. OK, number one, the sower has a deep knowledge of the relationship between wheat and tares. He understands, he understands that if you pull, if you, if you, if you pull one up, then you might pull up the other ones, right? So he's aware of the knowledge of wheat and tares, all right? What else? What else? He under, he had, it also shows that he has wisdom in handling with the tares. Wisdom in handling the tares, right? And, and, and thirdly, 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 this reveals to us, and this is what we're going to deal with today, this reveals to us the depth of his, what's that word? The depth of his what? The depth of his patience. Now, this is deep, folks. This is deep. I need you to, I need, I need you to stay with me, all right? Because we're going somewhere, okay? Watch this, watch this. <clears throat> this, this, this parable helps us to wrestle with this thing of the timing of God. They said, let's uproot when? Right now. Let's uproot right now. He says, no. Let's give it some what? Let's give it some time. Let's give it some time. Now, 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 watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Because we live in a culture of instant gratification, it makes it very difficult for us to understand God's timing. Are you with me? We live in a culture that says right now. Right? Look at this text. Look at this text. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. When the sentence for a crime is not what? It's not quickly carried out. People's hearts are filled with schemes to do wrong. Okay, now we just saw that. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. We just saw that right there. Okay, I'm not talking about the verdict. I'm, I, I'm, I'm not getting into that. I'm talking about, I'm talking about 
before anything, before, before there was a trial, people was ready to kill George Zimmerman. Why? Because, because we, need, we need it right now. Look, right now, right now, right, do something right now. And that, 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 that culture that, you know, because we live in this kind of culture, because we live in this kind of culture, Christians have to be very careful that we don't get caught up in this whole, this microwave culture. Like you, micro, you can microwave anything. You microwave rice. You got hot pockets. You have a whole industry that has been developed about building, making food just for the microwave. That's the kind of culture we live in. That's the kind of society that we live in. And as a result, as a result, you see things like, you know, uh, 365 days, same as cash. In other words, you don't have to have the money right now. You can get it right now. You go to the furniture store. Oh, you don't have any money? No problem. You can get it right now. And then you're going to be in debt to us. And then you're going to be our slave. And then we're going to make way more money off of you than you thought. It's a part of this culture that we live in. It's a part of this culture that we live in. And as a result, watch this, as a result, as a result, as, as, you know, well, you got, you know, speedy cash. You don't have any money, no problem. We'll give you some cash in a second. Now, you're going to be our slave. You're going to be shocking to us. We're not going to tell you that up front, but hey. That's the culture that we live in. And, and, and as Christians, as Christians, as Christians, we can, we can get caught up in this, in this, in this idea of, of now, now, now. I need it right now. So we're asking the question, why wait? Why wait, why wait to have sex? Why am I going to wait until I get married? Right? You got to be careful. Because the culture, the culture that we live in teaches right now, right now, right now, right now. And if we're not careful, we can end up doing things that are outside of God's timing for our lives. We can end up rushing into relationships. We can end up rushing into jobs. We can end up rushing into things that we are not ready for. Because we don't understand the timing of God. We don't understand the time of God. And because we don't understand the timing of God, it can, in light of the great controversy, it makes it easy for us to ask this, these two critical questions. Question number one, why did God even create Lucifer in the first place since God knew Lucifer would one day rebel? But here's the second critical question as it relates to patience. Why didn't God destroy Satan when? Immediately. I mean, come on, God, look at, the, look at what the guy's doing. He's disrespecting you. He's rebelling against you. He's lying. Why didn't God destroy him immediately? Right now, 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 we're going to answer that question. But before we go to that question, why do you think God created Lucifer in the first place, even when he knew Lucifer was going to sin? I want you to talk to me. Why did God create Lucifer in the first place? even when he knew that Lucifer was sin. To give him a choice to turn evil or stay good? Yes, sir. Because God respects our freedom. Okay, okay, good, good. Yes, ma'am. 
Love risks the opportunity for rebellion or to not hate. Rebellion or love, okay? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Okay, that's interesting. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let me suggest, yes, sir. That's, 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 that's an interesting perspective. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me add something. Let me add something. I believe that, I believe that one of the reasons, and, and, and I, I agree with the idea of free will and, and, and so on and so forth, that he wants to give a freedom of choice. But, 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 but something that, I, that I've, you know, as I study the Bible, as I read the Bible, something that I notice about the character of God, God, the very essence of God is relational. Okay? The Bible says, let us make man. There's this trinity, three in one. The very essence of God, the very nature of God is, is relational and social. And so God is a social being. He just, he just, he just loves, because he's a social being, he's always trying to direct his love towards objects. And, and that, in order for love to be love, you have to have something to give your affection to. So he said, look, I, I, I'm just going to create. I'm going to, I'm going to create because I, I love so much, I just can't, you know, God just like can't be in a room by himself. He just like torture him. Like, I need to be around some people so I can express my love. He, that's, just, that's just who he is. He's so loving that, 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 that he, 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 just, he just desperately uh, wants to have creatures upon which he can bestow his affection. So he creates. And within that creation, he gives us the opportunity to love him or to reject him. So kind of like my brother was saying back there, you know, you know God, God, God would have, uh, even though God knew the outcome, even though he knew the outcome, he still was willing to take the risk because his love was so great and he, he wanted that love to be reciprocated. He was willing to take the risk in creating Lucifer, knowing that he would fall. Now, when Lucifer fell, when Lucifer rebelled against him, why did God not destroy him immediately? Now, we, I, I know everybody know the answer to that right now. You probably heard that question a gazillion times since you've been here this weekend. Right. Somebody just tell us real quick. Why did God not destroy Lucifer immediately? Yes, sir. Mm hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that he was predestined to rebel. None of us were none of us were uh, were predestined to rebel. We were all predestined to be in wonderful relationship with God. However, because of free will, we have a choice. All right. God's foreknowledge. God's foreknowledge does not mean he's going to alter and change and make situations happen. Yes, sir. You want to add to that? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I have a two-year-old daughter right now. If I'd have thought about the fact that when she gets two, hello, somebody. If I'd have thought about the fact that when she gets two, she would do some of the things that she do, I still would have had her. I still would have had her. Why? Because my love for her is beyond her behavior. Are you with me? My love for her is willing to risk what happens when she gets two years old. All right? Now, I need somebody to tell me. I need somebody to tell me why didn't God destroy Lucifer immediately? Yes, ma'am. Okay, right, okay, yes, ma'am. I think that too, but you also just wanted to love Mm-hmm. There's a scene, there's a scene, I, I, I see you fellas, there's a scene in the Bible when, when, when David, when David uh, uh, finds out that his son Absalom, who had rebelled against him, was killed. And when he found out who killed the person, of course, he was mad and upset and so on and so forth. You know, you know the rest of that story. But, 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 but he cried out. He said, Absalom, oh, Absalom. This is his son. This is, this is, this is his offspring. David was hurt, even though, even though Absalom did what Absalom did. I believe, I believe, I believe that at the destruction, the final destruction of Lucifer, God, God is going to be hurting. I believe it's going to be painful. Lucifer, oh Lucifer. My first, my, 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 my first angelic creation, Lucifer, oh Lucifer. That's mercy. That's love. Now, I hate the devil. I'm going to be glad he's burning up. But, 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 but the depth of God's love is amazing. And that love, that love is also revealed, that also, is also revealed in his patience. I got to keep going, fellas, all right? I don't wanna run, run, want us to run out of time. Now, now uh, I, want, I, want to, I want to share, now, um, we're going we're gonna to go to, to the spirit of prophecy and, and look at the answer. She says, look, the teaching of this parable is illustrated in God's own dealings with men and angels. Satan is a what, everybody? Satan is a deceiver. When he sinned in heaven, even the loyal angels did not fully discern his character. This was why God did not at once do what? Destroy him. All right. That was this is why God did not at once destroy him. All right. Had he done so, the holy angels would not have perceived the justice and love of God. A doubt of God's goodness. We talked about those two things earlier would have been would have been as evil seed that would yield the bitter fruit of sin and woe. Therefore, the author of evil was spared fully to develop his. What's that word? Fully to develop his what? Now, this is where we're going. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. All right? We all understand, hey, God didn't want to destroy him because it would have really messed up the minds of the angels. They would have thought God was unjust and so on and so forth. Okay? We all get that. All right? We all get that. But I want to talk about today, I want to spend the rest of our time talking about that very thing right there. Understanding character takes time. Understanding character. For character to be developed, 
for character to be displayed, it takes what, everybody? It takes time. Now, 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 I want to share with you, I want to share with you three benefits of delayed destruction, of his, of Satan's delayed destruction. Three benefits of Satan delays destruction. Now, I call it benefits, right? And I think as we go throughout this presentation, you'll see why it's a benefit. Like, I'm glad that the, that the Lord didn't destroy Satan when he could have. I'm glad. I think we're going to be shouting by the end of this presentation. I had my shout moment already. Maybe you'll shout with me. All right. First benefit. For us and all of the unfallen worlds to get a fuller what? Revelation of Satan's character. OK, what do we mean by that? Well, <clears throat> let's read John chapter eight, verse 44. John chapter eight and verse 44. Open your Bibles with me. John chapter eight and verse 44. John chapter 8 and verse 44, and the first person who has it, I want you to read loud and clear with your preacher voice, John chapter 8 and verse 44, all right? John chapter 8, verse 44. In fact, I'll read the first one. I need somebody to turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, and then I need someone to turn to John chapter 10 and verse 10, all right? 1 Peter, 1 Peter. <clears throat> chapter 5 and verse 8, and then John 10 and verse 10. Now, I'm going to start with John chapter 8 and verse 44. If you have it, would you say amen? amen. If you need a while, say wait on me. So I mean you have it, so you're supposed to say amen. All right, here we go. The Bible says, <clears throat> Jesus is speaking. He says, <clears throat> excuse me. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to correct and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from when? The beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. <clears throat> He's describing Satan's character. But when Satan first rebelled, the angels were not aware that he was a liar, that he was a, a deceiver, that his language was lies. They didn't know that. They, weren't, they were not aware of that. They needed some what? Time. They needed some time, all right? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, who has it? 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, who wants to read it? Yes, ma'am, go ahead. Your adversary, okay, he's your adversary. They were not fully aware of that. He's your adversary. He's going around looking to devour you. They needed time to understand that. And sometimes we need time to understand that. Before we came to Jesus, we didn't know. Before we surrendered our hearts to Jesus, we didn't really know that we had an adversary out there. At least I didn't. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't. I wasn't like John the Baptist. I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. So I needed, I needed some time to understand that the lifestyle that I'm living, I'm being controlled by the devil. Who's my enemy? Who has one goal? What's that one goal? John chapter 10 and verse 10. John chapter 10 and verse 10. What, 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 what's his goal, Jesus? Jesus, teach us. Tell us, Jesus, what, what is the devil's goal? Jesus says these words. He calls him a thief. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's his character. That's his nature. That's what he does. 
And unfortunately, sometimes, <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we as Christians fail to, to, to understand that he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Why do you say that? Because we end up stepping on his, on his territory. We end up going to places where he represents. We end, up, we end up hanging out with people. I'm not talking about ministering to people. I'm talking about hanging out with people who are under his control. We turn to channels on TV. We pop in movies that influence us to think like him. They needed time. The unfallen worlds needed time to understand that he is their enemy. Now, watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys. He's trying to kill Jesus in Bethlehem and his vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Now, listen, listen, listen. The angels, the angels were still not convinced. They were still not convinced that the devil was really who God was saying he was. They needed some more evidence. Okay, okay, let me give you the ultimate evidence right here. I'm going to give you the ultimate evidence right here. What's that? Not until the death of Christ was the character of Satan clearly revealed. Not until the darling of heaven stretched out his arms. Not until the darling of heaven was, 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 was beaten and lacerated over and over again. Not until they were spitting in his face and put the crown of thorns on his head. It was not until he gave up his life that the angel said, uh-oh, now we get it. Now we understand. How in the world, how in the world can he do that to Jesus? How can he do that to the prince of heaven? She says in Desire of Ages that angels, angels couldn't even, it was, it, was, it was too hard for them to even look at it. Not until after the death of, of, of Christ was the character of Satan clearly revealed to the angels or to the unfallen worlds. The ark apostate had so clothed himself with deception that even holy beings had not understood his principles. They had not clearly seen the nature of his rebellion. The devil is a deceiver, folks. The devil is a deceiver. And the only way the only way we can free ourselves from his deceptions is by understanding and becoming familiar with the truth. You miss your amen point. Got to be in the word. Got to be in the word. Got to be in the word. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So now, 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 now. So, so, so after this now, Revelation 12, 12, after the death of Christ, now the angels can declare for this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Satan is cast out now, right? They see, he's, they see, they see that he, he, he really is evil and he's against God. He lied on God. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth. Lord, have mercy. Woe to the earth. Watch out. And the sea, because the devil has come, to come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. He's been exposed. His character has been revealed. 
Now the angels know who the real deceiver is. Right? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So the first benefit of a delayed destruction, you had a question. Go ahead. After the war in heaven. Right, right. Now, now they, now they, they, they knew, they knew, they knew after. Now we, 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 we could, we could talk, we could talk after. We could have a conversation after this. All right, we have a conversation after this. But, 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 but this took place. The war in heaven, the war in heaven took place after the death of Christ, because he had access. The devil had access, right? Remember that was a meeting with with, with the angels of God in the book of Job. He has now access. Why does he have access? Because he is the the ruler of this world. Right. So he has access back and forth to the courts of heaven. The war took place after the cross. It's your first time hearing it. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know that's your first time hearing it. The war in heaven took place after the cross. Now, I want to I want to continue with my conversation. We can we can have a conversation about that. All right, I can, we can go to the Bible and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I want, I want to keep on going. All right, I'm going to keep on going. Okay, so now, here's the second benefit. The second benefit is we get now, not only the angels, but we ourselves get a greater appreciation for what? For God's character. We get a greater appreciation for God's character. Well, why do we get a greater appreciation for God's character? Because Satan's character was just exposed. Not only that, but we also see something else about God's character. What's that? We see, we see, we see here. There is another, there is in this <coughs> Savior's, <coughs> excuse me, there is in the Savior's words another lesson. A lesson of wonderful forbearance and tender love. How is it revealed? The Bible says, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I'm, I'm still in, in Christ's object lessons. Through long ages, God has borne the anguish of beholding the work of evil. He has given the infinite gift of Calvary rather than leave any to be deceived by the misrepresentations of the wicked one. That the Lord is not slow. This is a text I'm trying to get to. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting any to do what? Not wanting any to do what? But, 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 but everyone to come to repentance. See, 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 the, the, the delay gives you and I the opportunity to repent. Oh, man, I just do. Are you sleeping? Did you hear what I just said? If God had de destroyed Lucifer immediately, you and I wouldn't get the chance to go to heaven. If God had destroyed Lucifer, even when Jesus came, if he would have destroyed him right then and there, you and I wouldn't get the opportunity to be in heaven. The delay. The delay was a blessing. Furthermore, 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 the Bible says, for I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Here's another one. Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Time getting away from me. Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Let's go there. Ezekiel 33 and verse 11. Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 11. The Bible says God is speaking now to his people, to his people. Listen very carefully. He's speaking to his people, folks. 
He not, he, he, he's, this, this, message, this message is not to Babylonians. He's speaking to his people. What is he saying? He said, say to them, as surely as I live, declares the Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn their ways and live. Turn from their ways and live. Turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Babylon? Of Israel. So you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that Israel has some wicked ways? Sounds, 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 sounds similar, sounds similar to, 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 to the text that declares, if, if, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? And do what else? Turn from their wicked ways. We're talking about in the house of Israel. So, 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 so the, the delay, the delay has something to do with the house of Israel turning away from their wicked ways. Why? Because God has no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked. And too often we, we interpret that as people who are outside the church. We have to examine ourselves and see whether or not we have some wicked ways. I'm talking about folk in the church. Let's keep going. Benefits of delayed destruction. Number three. Number three is for the sanctification of our character. He's working on us. The delay, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. While God was giving time while God was giving time for Satan's wicked character to be revealed, simultaneously, he gives us time for man's wicked character to be healed. That's healing, that healing process, sanctification. He's trying to grow us up in Christ. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, let's go. Let's go to let's go to Romans. Let's go to Romans. Let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. And verse I have it on the screen. Romans chapter 5 verse 2 and 3. Romans chapter 5 verse 2 and three. If you have it, would you say amen? Romans chapter five. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. The Bible says that the Bible says uh, speaking about, you know, through Jesus, through Jesus, uh, we have gained access by faith into this grace, into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that sufferings produces what? What does your version say? Patience or perseverance, right? And perseverance produces what? Experience. Somebody else. What does it mean by experience? Well, 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 well it, that, which, that leads to hope. Somebody say something. 
Come on. Character. Per, per, listen, 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 listen. When you, when, you, when you have to persevere, perseverance builds you. It builds character. When you have to wait on something, character. You ever, you ever, you ever, <laughs> you ever, you ever put something in the microwave and you just start staring at the microwave? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want, you want, you want, the, you want the popcorn to hurry up and pop. That's because, that's because you were impatient. Uh, that's, that's because I'm impatient. Right? But, but, but and, and, that, and that is a character flaw. You understand what I'm saying? That's a character flaw. And in order for character to, in order for character to be developed, we must first, we, we, we experience suffering or tribulations or trials. And during those trials, we often have to wait. And while we are waiting, we must endure. And as we are enduring, character is being developed. I'm going to show you something in a second. I'm going to show you something in a, in, in a second. All right? 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse uh, 16. 1 Timothy, First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. All right? 1 Timothy chapter 1. Let's get that. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. Listen to what the Apostle Paul has to say about, about patience. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 16. Watch this. Paul says, Paul says, uh, verse, let's start with verse 15. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, he says, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience. To who? For those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. So, 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 so God exercises, God exercises in our conversion experience, in, in, our, in our sanctification process, he, 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 wants, he wants to use, he wants to use us in our lives to be an example to the rest of the world, to those who would believe of what his amazing unlimited patience looks like. Now, for us, that's, that's, that's trying. That's difficult because we're going through all kind of issues while we're waiting. All right? I'm, we're gonna give, I'm gonna give you some examples. I'm gonna give you some examples. All right? Some Bible examples. All right? Let's talk about Noah. Noah, I want you to build an ark. Noah preached for how long? 120 years. God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Amen. Noah preaching. Noah building. It's going to rain. Oh, man, wait a minute. If it's going to rain, Lord, man, why, 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 why don't I see any rain? Not only that, but this is, this is the part that really blew my mind. When Noah gets inside the ark, he still has to wait. That's right. He's waiting, he's, he's waiting around now. He's waiting a week before it starts raining. It rains... Now he has to wait to get out of the ark for the water to go down. Who else you want to talk to? 
We talk to Noah. Who else you want to talk to? Let's talk to Joseph. God gives Joseph this dream. One day, you're going, you're, he, he didn't know exactly what, it was, exactly what it was, but he knew that God had given him a dream. He was 17 years old. How old was Joseph when he came into the, to the fulfillment of that dream? I think it was about 30 years old. During the process, went to jail, falsely accused, right? He had to learn to be patient. He knew God had given him a dream. He knew God had a calling on his life. He knew it. But sometimes, listen to me carefully, sometimes your character, let me change that. Sometimes your, your, your talents can take you where your character can't keep you. Oh, you can look at athletes, world, you know, star athletes. You can look at politicians. They get to these offices on their talent. Not on character. Why? Because just as surely as they get up there, they come tumbling on down. So God understands, God understands, God understands that, 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 that if, I, if I put you in this relationship with this young woman right now, you're not ready. You're going to mess it up. If you, if, if, yes, I, I, yes. He's a good, he's a godly young man. He's a seven-day Adventist, and I know that he's going to treat you right, but you, the time is not right. Because, because, because there are some things that I'm still working on within you. Be patient, my child. I'm with you. Be patient. You know, I, 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 I got a, I got a, uh, you know, before I came to Jesus, I, I, <laughs> I had a, I, I, I was terrible when it came to relationship. Let me just put it that way. When I first laid eyes on my soon-to-be wife, she was my wife at the time, I, I prayed. I said, Lord, I'm staying away from this young woman. Love Jesus. We were doing missionary work together, traveling around the world, you know, within the context of a group, of course, right? We're in the same, mini <clears throat> same ministry group. Amen for the group. <laughs> but, 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 but even though I knew that, 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 that I had feelings for this young lady, I said, I'm going to wait until like, I, I, I just said, <laughs> when the time came for the Lord, when the Lord told me to approach her, yeah, he speaks like that. When he told me to approach her, I, I was like, man, I was a wimp. I was so, I was so shy and scared and nervous, y'all. I was like, oh. But the Lord knew that I was ready because that was that was the old the old the old me. Whole different story. A lot of times, a lot of times, let me get to this example for you. David, same situation. David was anointed, but David, <laughs> David running in, living in caves. He the king. What about the throne, David? I gotta wait because God knows that I'm not ready yet. There's some stuff he's still working out. Right? Watch this. Watch this. My friend, my friend of mine, a uh, really good friend, friend of mine, he was a co with colleagues uh, in, in ministry. He's a pastor. 
Uh, he sent me this text message. I'm going to read it to you. He says, look, happy, happy, happy New Year's, fellas. Yada, yada, question. Have you ever fasted and prayed for days and still not hear anything from the Lord? This is killing me. Right. He's fasting. He's praying and he's seeking the Lord for days and he wants an answer for this particular thing. OK, I said, I said, man, I'm sorry to hear that, bro, but I know one thing he's going to answer you. Right. He replies and says, I know he is, but this this hasn't happened to me before. I'm searching my heart, but can't find anything obvious that would block him. <laughs> right. He's being honest. I'm searching my heart. I'm fasting. I'm praying. I'm calling out to the Lord. God, you know, what's 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 going on? I need an answer. I need an answer. Lord, please show me. And then I, now he sent this to a group. It was just three of us. All right. And so my other friend replies. And this is what he says. He said he says he says, yo, bro, sometimes it's about the process and not the answer. It's about the process. Sometimes sometimes it's just the process of you waiting. Because there are some things that can come out of you during the process. So, 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 so don't be so focused on the answer all the time. Trust the process. God knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing, David. He's preparing you to be the kind of king that will make you a man after God's own heart. He's preparing you. Be patient. Be patient. So he says, look, he says, he says, sometimes it's about the process and not the answer. At least that has been my experience. I recently did a 40 day fast. And although I did get clarity, it wasn't an answer in the conventional sense. God was using the experience to draw me closer. This may or may not be what you're going through. But, man, I am praying with you that God get that that you get whatever God wants you to have as you try to discern his will. That's patience. God trying to work that patience within you. Now, here's another thing. Here's another thing. Thinking about David. Here's another thing. God's delay. See, see, human beings, man, we are a mess. We want God to immediately destroy the devil, but we don't want him to immediately destroy us. Right? He delays with us. David kill, adultery, where the adultery came first, then the kill. Right? Now, 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 I think, I think about a year, a year of time go past without God, now, without, without Nathan the prophet coming to speak to him. David, we're talking about, we're talking about, we're talking about this, this, this time that goes by. And David's showing up at church. Happy Sabbath, everybody. How you doing, sister? God bless you. Right? When, when, when all this, when this, when this probationary time period is given, why? For him to repent. Okay, all right, Dave, no problem. I'm sending the prophet. The prophet comes. You the man. Whoa, now he's repenting. So, 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 so this, 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 this delay that we see with God and, 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 and Satan is, carried, is played out in our lives as well. It's played out in our lives, right? So now, 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 we're closing this thing off. We're closing this thing. 
What shall be our response to God's delay and the destruction of Satan and sin? What shall be our response to God's delay and the destruction of Satan and sin? How, how, you know, what, 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 in other words, what shall we gather from that? Okay? And I want to summarize this thing by telling you, telling you this story. All right? I told you guys before, some of you, this is the first presentation, uh, so I, I feel the need to share this story with you guys. You know, I, I didn't grow up in Seventh-day Adventist. I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up a Christian. I didn't grow up in anything. I grew up in the streets, okay? I started using marijuana when I was 12 years old, from 12 to 19, smoking, drinking, partying, robbing people, stealing, breaking in houses, breaking in schools, getting into all kinds of trouble. The, beautiful, the most beautiful thing that happened to me was my house burning down. A Seventh-day Adventist family let me and my family come live with them. For two and a half years, we didn't have to pay a thing. Come on, say amen. amen. For free rent, we didn't have to pay a thing. Right? We eat veggie links and all that kind of stuff. All this stuff was new to me. All right? All this stuff was new to me. Now, now I'm living with this family, and I'm seeing, I am seeing what it means to, to, to I'm seeing what it means now to be a Christian. Two years. I didn't give my heart to Jesus. We left out of the house, we moved back to our house, to, to the house that we was living in, and, 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 and my younger brother, he made the decision to give his life to Christ while we was living there. He was 15 years old, praise God, because God began to use him to speak to me as to what my life should be. I graduated from high school, I go on to Mississippi to play basketball at a community college, and while I'm over there, I'm wilding out, I'm just like doing all kind of crazy stuff. Um, it, I don't even want to get in, I don't, I, I don't want to tell you all the details, the details are not important, but let me tell you this story about what, what happened one night. One night I was driving in a stolen vehicle, a vehicle some, some friends and I had stolen, and I'm driving this vehicle, and I'm driving down, I'm going to Perkinston, Mississippi. I went to school at Gulf Coast Community College, and I'm riding down the highway. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm riding down the highway, and, and, and the radio is loud. I'm doing like 110 miles per hour. I'm high as a kite. I'm drunk as I don't know what, and, 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 and the music is just pounding. I'm listening to, to, to this rapper Lil Wayne in the background. I'm, I'm repeating all the words. I'm just in the zone. I'm just, I'm just into this whole moment. I'm in the car by myself. It's pitch black outside. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm driving, and I'm going, like I said, 110, 120 miles per hour, and all of a sudden, Something runs out onto the road. I don't know what it is. I don't have time to stop. I don't have time to pull over. I don't have time to halt. Only thing that I could do when I saw it, I just hit it. And when I hit it, I lost total control of the vehicle. Now, 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 I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I'm not a Christian. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't given my heart to Jesus. But the only thing that I could do at that time, I just cried out, Jesus! And I understood on that night that, that God hears the prayers of even his children who don't know he is, that he's their father. So, 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 you know, I read the Bible. The Bible tells me that, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. I also want to add that at the name of Jesus, every car shall submit. Because, because as soon as I say that, you got to get what I'm saying. There's a deep ditch on this side. There's a deep ditch on that side. The car, I lose control of the car. I, I call on the name of Jesus, and all of a sudden, the car just gets back straight. Slows down and gets straight. 
Now, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. Unfortunately, after the car slowed down and, 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 and I was almost home, it slowed down, I turned the music back up. Turn the music back up. Get to the parking lot of the, of the, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the school. Go inside my dorm. Sit down. Lay down. Go to sleep. You would have thought that since I have seen and experienced the mercy of God, the grace of God that night, I would have repented. We would assume that. And we would also assume that, 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 that when we despise the grace of God, when do we despise the goodness of God, that he would step right in. Okay, you're not going to obey? Bam. But he doesn't do that, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he doesn't do that. Now, mind you, about 30 days later, that was a, that was a delay. 30 days later, I fell on my knees and I gave my life to Jesus. Come on, say amen. I leave you with this question. What shall be our response to God's delay in the destruction of Satan and sin? Watch this, watch this. The delay should cause us not to worry, that's a typo, not to worry, but it should cause us to hurry. To hurry what? To hurry what? To hurry up and surrender your life to Jesus. To hurry up and stop doing the things you're doing. To hurry up and renounce every sin that's in your life. It should cause us not to worry, but to hurry up and live for Jesus. Why? Because we are living in the last days. It's time to be serious. It's the fourth quarter. I played basketball and football. In the fourth quarter, the last two minutes is called a two-minute warning. Why? Because it's time to play. It's time to get serious. It's time to get busy. I said to myself this morning, like I told you, like I told you, listen, folk, listen, listen, listen. Something happened in my life. Something happened in my life where I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has called me to preach the gospel. Okay, I can tell you a, a thousand and one crazy stories about how God has spared my life. That's not what I'm here to do. What I am here to do today is to challenge you and to push you and to, to ignite something within you that will make you get to the point where you say, you know what, I'm all in for Jesus. I don't care what my friends are doing. I don't care what my mama doing. I don't care what my daddy doing. I don't care what they didn't do. I'm all in for Jesus. What does that look like? What does that look like? That looks like a prayer life that is 10 times greater than what you're currently doing. That looks like personal Bible study that is 10 times more than what you're currently doing. That looks like, that looks like going to sleep earlier. It looks like waking up earlier. What does it look like? It looks like, it looks like memorizing more scripture. That's what it looks like. It looks like exercising, taking care of your body. That's what it looks like. It looks like, it looks like going back home and being a soul winner for Jesus Christ. That's what it looks like. This might be my last time seeing you. It's my first time speaking at GYC. It might be my last time. I hope it's my last time. Why? Because I don't want to see you next year, and I hope you don't want to see me next year until we get to the kingdom. Come on, say amen. What I'm saying is that I hope this is the last UIC. Oh, I, I hope that the next UIC is around the throne of Jesus Christ. Until then, be faithful. Be faithful. Young people, don't get distracted. How old are you, man? 
11 years old. I was just a year older than him when I started using drugs. He, looking at him speaks to me. He's in here, he's in here, he's in here learning about the word of God. I wish, I wish. Listen, go back to wherever you come from and, and, and find a young person and invest in them. Come on. Find a young person and invest in them. Show them what you know. Teach them what you know. Share what you've learned. I challenge you. I challenge you. I challenge you. I challenge you to take God at his word. I challenge you to take God at his word. Get into the word for yourself. Don't rely on no preacher. Don't rely on, don't, don't, listen, listen, folks, you gotta, you gotta, it, we, we, are li we are living in the toenails of time. Listen, it's time to close out. I think we're probably over our time, maybe a couple minutes over our time. Look, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Listen, I don't, now we, have, we have another seminar. We have a final seminar. Uh, seminar. Uh, it's happening tomorrow uh, at the seminar time. I don't know exactly what time, but at the seminar time. And so I want you to come and be a part of that last seminar. But listen, listen, listen. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that God will have his way in your life and that you will allow him to. That you will allow him to. If you can kneel with me as we pray, Father. God, we, we, we thank you so much, Lord, for the opportunity to come to GYC. And I thank you for the opportunity to come and, and, and be able to share with your people, Lord. I pray, God, that by the grace and power of your Holy Spirit, you will do within us, O oh God, what you want to do. And may we get out of your way, Lord. Help us to get out of God's way working in our lives, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would deepen our hunger for you, deepen our hunger for your word, oh God, deepen our hunger, deepen our desire for your presence, Lord Jesus, deepen our passion for winning souls, oh God. Use us, Lord Jesus, to the max. Lord, use us till we can't be used anymore. Father, I pray that, that as you have delayed, Lord, and, and it's really not a delay to, to you, O oh God, because you know what time you're coming back. But while we are in this time, O oh God, I pray, Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that, 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 that you would help us, Lord, to, to, to learn, to develop uh, patience, God. We need your spirit to do that. We cannot do that on our own, Lord, in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. Revive us, O oh God. Lord, if there's anything that I failed to mention, oh God, I pray that you would speak it to your people. I pray, oh God, if there's anything that I failed at doing while speaking and presenting these seminars, that you will forgive me, oh Lord. Guide us, oh God. Keep us faithful. Keep us humble, Lord, until you come. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. We bless your name, oh God. And all the people who believe that Jesus is coming soon, they all said amen. And amen. Amen. God bless you all. Enjoy the rest of your time here. Have a happy Sabbath. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, 
please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.